Well, it's great to be in Dryden today. Uh, all our tour, this is the last few days we go back on a Tuesday. And uh, so, uh, we've got the best till last. Uh, it's just wonderful to be here. And I have to say, I don't say that lightly, in every sense as far as worship and being together, this has been the highlight. And we're so grateful to God to be among people of the same mind and the same desire for worship. And it's just wonderful. I feel deeply humbled by all the things that Stephen said, but, and I can't add too much to that, uh, except that when we did come to the camp, and I remember it well for a number of things, I bought a young man that was training with us, he came with me, and he got absolutely eaten by all the mosquitoes. <laughs> we were sharing a room, they never touched me. <laughs> they all settled on him, and by the time we left, he looked more like Minsky. <laughs> and uh, I thought, well, that's an early lesson that they prefer the sweeter meat of a younger person. <laughs> Once I was thankful for my age. But very seriously, at that time, um, it's strange really to see Stephen up leading the worship today. Uh, he was in a very similar position at the camp. And uh, there were a lot of young people there. But in particular, we recognized an anointing on that young man. And we had never, ever taken anyone on so young. Uh, and it involves quite a lot of responsibility. But we invited him to come. And mainly, of course, through his aunt, Anita Pierce, uh, who visits us fairly regularly. We look forward to October, when she will be over again. And uh, it coincided with one of her European tours, and so we were able to ask Stephen to come. And what a blessing, uh, and what an ambassador for Dryden uh, he proved to be. And, uh, well, we just rejoice. And then, of course, time went by, and we came over for the wedding of the year, and uh, we came here, and the lovely Kelly gave in to him and said yes. <laughs> and uh, that was interesting, because those that were here know that every guest got a little plug. Uh, we took that home very carefully. I now realize, years later, that it was illegal. <laughs> not allowed to take plants into the country to another country, but nobody told us that at the time. And it now has private place as part of our front uh, frontage on our house, and is still alive and well. Um, and then, of course, to follow uh, the growing family, and it's just wonderful. Uh, we'd seen the two eldest before, but we met Jesse for the first time on this trip, and so proud to have known them um, over the years and rejoice. We keep asking them to come back, but now that there's five of them, it's not quite as easy as there was with one. But thank you for receiving us again. We've called it a farewell trip, uh, simply because when I passed 80 years of age, I felt that we really have to review all our traveling. 
because we spent the last 60 years traveling in the Cosmo. Uh, not only was it my 80th birthday last year, but also the uh, 60th anniversary of when I was ordained. Um, and so 60 years in the ministry seems to be much harder than living for 80. And uh, so we felt that what we would do is kind of have a farewell trip. And we've concentrated on the places where young men and young women live now who came and served with us and we were able to uh, teach and mentor for a couple of years or so. What a privilege it has been. Uh, and now they've grown up and back in Canada. Some of them have large churches. Phil Collins uh, was one of the young men that trained with us for about eight years. And he now has one of the biggest churches in Kelowna. Uh, and, and such a blessing. And then Tom Atkinson, who came from Canada and stayed with us for a number of years, uh, nearly eight years. And he is back and has a large church in... Lethbridge. Um, and they kindly came together so we were able to have a day of reunion. Great, great blessing. And of course, the people over uh, in BC as well. So here we are again. And apart from a renovated platform, nothing will change the group. Those that I know look just as young as when I was last year. So maybe I should stay around. It might be as well. And the amazing thing was that we also met some of the older ACOP people, and that was a blessing. We've missed conference, but we nearly had it in BC. Some of you will remember great ACOP missionaries went to Africa, went to Brazil, and Werner and Albert Roberts, and Werner went to be with the Lord a few, yeah, maybe. 10 days ago, 12 days ago, and her funeral was on Friday, and we were able to go to the church at uh, Garden Village and be part of the funeral. And all the old, old people that we knew in ACOP turned up, and I was sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, I thought he was dead. <laughs> And then when we had the little luncheon after the service, a few of them came up to me and said, Tony Stone, I thought you were dead. <laughs> There's got to be some equality in age. <laughs> we were surprised that we haven't uh, moved on uh, since those days. So it's just a joy to be back. I always used to be disturbed when preachers came and announce the evening meeting before they got through the morning meeting. But I, I just want to break the rule and just mention tonight, because uh, Pastor has been so kind in saying if you want to do something in the evening, and I wrote back to say that so much of our work has been in Israel over the years and still continues to be. And God is doing something amazing among the Jews and the Arabs in Jerusalem and in the surrounding area. You would be amazed what is happening. Many, many Jews are coming to Christ. Very, very powerfully. And, of course, this is in answer to the prophets in the Old Testament and uh, things that Jesus said in the New Testament. And so, 
if uh, and the pastor has kindly allowed, uh, I want to speak about the work in Israel, and we have received such support over many years for Israel uh, from people in the driving area, and it has meant so much to us. But when I woke up this morning, Pastor, I really felt the Lord spoke to me, and uh, I'm sometimes discomforted by these things, I prepared everything, but when I woke up this morning, I felt the Lord spoke to me that as well as maybe a 10-15 minute report on Israel, that tonight I feel God is saying to concentrate on divine healing. I am so thankful for the four square gospel. I am thrilled that Jesus is the Savior. Amen. Jesus is the healer. Yes. He is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Yes. And he is our soon coming king. Yes. And when you discover what's happening in Israel, I do believe you'll go away confidently saying to yourself, Jesus is coming soon. Yes. Every indication in the Holy Land is Jesus is coming soon. And so, uh, Trust Pastor will agree that I'll just teach a, a wee bit on divine healing tonight and then my wife and I will lay hands on people and pray for the sick. I believe miracles can take place in driving and that can happen today. And what is more, you don't have to wait till tonight. Jesus, the healer, is here. And we can trust him uh, in every way. So, this morning is Mother's Sunday. I've known that uh, and if it had been in Britain, I would have known it, but except we have a different day, and it's not today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have prepared something, but just to have the privilege of honoring every mother here today and say, God bless you. That comes from my heart today. For some of us older ones, our mothers transferred to heaven years ago, but I still thank God for a godly mother. And uh, there's many senses that I truly believe now that I'm in the ministry, within the ministry, because I'm a praying mother and a godly example mother. And so today I honor every mother in this place. And I pray that this Mother's Day will be a great blessing. But I think that when you talk in terms of mothers, you're thinking in terms of family. Because often the mother is the glue that holds the family together. And so I, I really want to talk this morning for a little while on the biblical principles of God's family. And uh, to read the scripture, I'd like to read from Ephesians and chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, you might want to follow it. Or if you're very spiritual, you probably know it already. <laughs> I need help. Ephesians chapter 3 and reading from verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is made, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, 
that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him uh, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus in all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And just verse 14 and 15 is very precious today. For this reason I bow my knee. I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, whom uh, the, sorry, I've got a light on here. Here we go. And the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Actually, as you look at the human family today, it is a picture of the spiritual family. And we recognize as we come together on this Mother's Day, and perhaps there are extra people here because they come to celebrate with their mother. How important the family is. And we rejoice as on this Mother's Day, we look back to the, the lady that meant so much in our lives, but we recognize too the beauty of the family. And it's great to be with our siblings, our children, and so on and so forth. But I want to say even a greater joy here this morning is to be celebrating with the family of God. It's been my privilege over the 60 years, and uh, Stephen so kindly mentioned some of our activity. Right from the very beginning, we called our work, we had to have a title, because of charity law and so on, and we were called Team Support Ministry. And we always saw ourselves as being raised up to support others. And so when preachers of renown came to our country, we would drop everything, and our entire team would get involved with whatever was happening. And as I look back over the years, it's allowed us to travel to many different nations. But I thank God, wherever we are, whatever the culture, whatever the color, whatever the nation, we recognize the family of God and love the family of God. I was privileged as a young man, I, I was ordained when I was 20 years of age, and uh, I was ordained as an evangelist. And I immediately uh, joined the British Youth for Christ, which some of the older ones will remember in Canada, was a very powerful movement, Youth for Christ. And uh, so I started out working with young people. I know that when I announce that today in churches, people look at me and say, Youth for Christ? You've got to be joking. But I was once you. <laughs> and it was for Christ. I always say to people, okay, I'm not you for Christ anymore. I'm now more uh, 
what, well, I don't know quite what to call them, but uh, I'm certainly the elderly, elderly for Jesus. <laughs> I started out with Youth of Christ. And it wasn't too long after that, just a matter of years, that Dr. Billy Graham came over to Britain, and we've been remembering him, of course, because to use his words, he's changed his address uh, and is now in heaven with Ruth and many millions that are no doubt there because of his ministry. And uh, we were we had to support the efforts with the Billy Graham Crusades around Great Britain. And at the end of that time, two of us were invited to become full-time with Billy Graham. So I had the privilege for the next 15 years to travel to many places across Europe and sometimes further afield with Billy Graham. They were great, great days as I look back and I thank God for that privilege. And then we had established our own team and we were traveling around the world, mainly centering on Africa and Asia. And then uh, I met up with an old friend. I'd known him in Bible school. Uh, and his name was Reinhard Bonkin. And now, still with him, uh, and just about 40 years now, uh, and traveling uh, Africa with uh, Reinhard Bonkin, and now continuing the work in Europe. In fact, uh, we get home in two weeks' time. Uh, she and I will be packed again and off to Budapest in Hungary. Uh, my role in Christ for All Nations now is to go into the European cities and train the counselors before Daniel Kalender comes in to preach. And we average about a thousand people a night for three nights coming to learn how to do personal work and counseling. So that's our next port of call, but it's not so far as Canada. And uh, so we, we were involved and have been involved with Ryan Bonke. But it doesn't matter which country we're in. I just love the family of God. And to see familiar faces here today uh, is just such a privilege. So I want to just look, however briefly, at the family of God. First of all, and probably the most important, that our relationship to the family of God is by birth. Just as many of us today are remembering our birth mother. We are remembering how we were blessed to be born into such a family. And mothers and fathers are very, very precious. And of course, entrance to birth are by birth. We are born naturally into our earthly family, but Jesus said, you must be born again. That means simply, we are born spiritually into God's family. And uh, with those wonderful verses in John 3 and verse 3 in particular, Jesus said, unless one is born again, he cannot uh, enter the kingdom or see the kingdom of God. My dear friends, we need to recognize to be in the family of God is a blood relationship. The Bible speaks uh, of uh, Jesus. In this sense, in Acts, uh, we read in chapter 20 and verse 28, the church of God 
which he, Jesus, purchased with his own blood. And I just want to pause for a moment and just talk about that glorious fact that we can be born again. And this is the key to everything that we preach in our churches right up to this present day. You know, first of all, it starts with the fact of acknowledging what we are. And the Bible very clearly states that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. In the Old Testament it said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own way. But the Lord has laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. And my dear friends in Brighton, you don't need an old preacher to come thousands of miles to tell you that. Because you know it already. Every congregation that I go to in any part of the world. It's not exactly news to be told that they're sinners. You see, we know it by our own disappointments. We know it because of the many things that we're ashamed of. There are things in our lives that we wish we'd never done. And if we had a chance to live our lives again, we would avoid. And every one of us here today, there are things in our lives that we'd rather nobody else knew about. The Bible calls it sin. It's a condition that is identical. It starts at the very beginning. And everyone, I don't know everyone here today by a long shot, but I do know that we're all sinners. And you know, I reflect back over the years, and I know this, I've been in many, many places and for various reasons, when I've preached in some of our bigger crusades, People have come up and some people are offended by things that I've said. And some people, like bigots, will come and they'll argue and uh, you know, they are time issues. But I can say hand on heart in time today, in 60 years, I've never, ever had anyone come up to me and say, Preacher, you've offended me. I am not a sinner. And that's the truth. No one has ever said that. You see, the moment we say all have sinned, we're all related to it. And we know it. Sin is an offense. The Bible says that we've come short of God's glory. I, I, I was thinking when I, I was looking at Tanner growing up and getting so tall. And in Britain for many, many years, we had a crack regiment in the army. They were called the Welsh Guards. I don't think many of them were Welsh, but they all wanted to be Guards. But this was the rule. To be a Welsh Guard, you had to be six foot tall. And no one under six foot could join the Guards. But if they went wanting to join the Guards and they'd stand up against the measuring board, if they were five foot five, they were that much too short. But it's very interesting. If they were five foot, eleven and a half inches tall, and only half an inch short, they were still too short. Our problem is not how much we sin. 
It's the fact that we've sinned. And all have sinned. But you see, the problem gets bigger. For the Bible goes on to say, in fact, only three chapters on it, Romans, it says this, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The 